Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, John Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. Joining us is Kirk Morrison, who does the pre- and post-game show uh, on the Rams Radio Network. And Kirk, I mean, this has just been one of the most incredible NFL weeks I've experienced in the fact that we've had close to 100, if not more than 100 players this week testing positive for COVID-19. But let's go specifically to the Rams, who had 16 positive tests this week. How bad are they in shape right now? How bad How bad's the situation? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty bad situation um, in which you have so many guys who may not be able to play this week. Now, we'll see in terms of, you know, who tests out of the protocols in terms of, you know, two negative tests mm-hmm. and within 24 hours. But the Rams right now um, are they're they're down uh, a bunch of guys. Remember on Monday, Monday Night Football, you know Sean McVay got a phone call that he was going to be without his All-Pro defensive back in Jalen Ramsey. He's going to be without his right tackle, uh, Rob Havenstein. Okay, so you talk about two important players uh, for him as well as his running back Daryl Henderson was going to be out as well on the COVID list. So the Rams had a lot to deal with on Monday night. They were able to come through and make way and find a way, even without – also, I forgot their tight end, Tyler Higby as well, who ended up having a false positive, by the way, John. So, look, the Rams are actually kind of used to this already. They've had to deal with players who are on the COVID list this past week, and so I would think that they're going to elevate some guys. And as long as you got your quarterback, you got Cooper Cup, you got a couple – and Aaron Donald – you just hope that you can put guys around them to hopefully have some success. What what area is affected more than anything else? Is it the offense or the defense right now? I would say currently it has to be the uh, the defense because you've got some secondary players. Remember, look, Jalen Ramsey is out. Dante Dion is a backup guy who's also out. Terrell Burgess, Jordan Fuller. I mean, these are guys in the secondary who the Rams really truly depend on uh, as starters and even as depth guys and in some of their base packages. So that right now seems to be the position that's been hurt the most. But you know, also Odell Beckham Jr. as well. He's on that list. But we've seen they've been able to, uh, you know, put other guys in some situations. Um, And Odell has just, you know, only been with the team for about a month and a half. But overall, I would say the most effective will be the defensive backs. But we'll see as this game approaches what they'll have available for them on Sunday. Have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, right now Washington has 21 players. The Cleveland Browns have 18 players, and that's just this week. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen anything like this. I don't even know where to start at, but I know the NFL um, is not a forgiving league when it comes to things like this. They are not going to stop. They are going to keep on, and it's always about how do you face adversity. That's what half the NFL is is how do you handle moments like this? The Rams were able to handle it on Monday night uh, against the Cardinals, and now they're handling the situation. And I think also kind of uh, to kind of flip it just a little bit, John, is that, you know, one of the teams that had the best protocols or, you know, had never really had a dust-up with the COVID-19 was the Seattle Seahawks. So it'll be interesting how does Pete Carroll navigate this because they've been one of the best at navigating the COVID protocols and not having guys on that COVID list. So it'll be interesting, you know, how does the Seattle Seahawks handle that this week? 
Well, just as you say that, we find out today that Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins, you know, the leading rusher and uh, their leading receiver, you know, they're on the COVID list. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I was kind of uh, alluding to a little bit is that you know honestly, you know Seattle is one of the best teams when it comes to COVID in terms of you know guys you know the protocols they've uh, you know I heard you know Pete Carroll they they had never stopped testing um, you know multiple tests weekly because they felt they wanted to stay on top of it and ahead of it and now by them staying ahead of it they're able to you know find a couple guys who tested positive and hopefully it doesn't you know go throughout the team like we've seen those other teams in the NFL who are in those intensive protocol for COVID. Now, how, uh, because of the fact that uh, there's, you know, now an intensity as far as the protocol uh, in the Rams facility, I mean, what, so no, nobody, nope. Is there no practice whatsoever? And also is it everything on zoom meeting? Yeah, everything is all virtual right now. So no one's they they've locked the facility down. Um, they've just said, you know what, nobody's allowed to come in. We're going to keep everybody away, uh, keep the testing going. But everything is all virtual right now. So this will be an interesting week. But it is at that time of year, right, December, where I, everything really honestly is more of a mental game right now, John. It, it's not necessarily the physical part. Yes, practicing is always great, but for the most part, uh, and I go back to my own career in this. When you get to late December, uh, you know, mid to late December, you're not necessarily wanting guys out there practicing. You want guys to just be more mentally ready to go and be sharp mentally and go out there and execute. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, of course, I know one thing, and I am I was curious about this because uh, the <clears throat> uh, Sean McVay made this comment maybe a few weeks ago or a month or so ago, and said that uh, they were really thin on offense. How thin are they on offense prior to this COVID list? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're thin in some areas. Um, obviously, the tight end position was hit hard with COVID. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, they're primarily an 11 personnel team, so they only use one tight end. So having a couple of tight ends down won't necessarily – hurt the Rams, but what they have been doing over the last couple weeks, John, is that they've got back and doing some things that McVay has never done before, which is some big jumbo packages, some 13 packages, which is one back, three tight ends, and one of those extra tight ends happens to be a tackle. So the Rams have been doing more in the running game and the rushing attack and in their personnel groupings, and I think now this may hurt the Rams and what they want to do offensively, but at the same time, They've elevated guys from the practice squad. They're actually incorporating more guys who are on their game day roster. And so this is more of a collective effort now. I think it's what Sean McVay said this week. With all this being, with all this going on, all the players on the list, things like that, it truly is an all-hands-on-deck scenario. It is everybody has to pitch in. Everyone has to take their game to another level, take it to another notch. And I think that's what the mentality has to be, regardless of who is uh, available or not. How would you describe Matthew Stafford's season? You know, I think it's been actually, um, he's kind of overachieved a little bit. I think when you look at the way he started the season, everyone had him as a uh, MVP type candidate. And the Rams were off to a great start. They were 7-1. and one. Then they go to that rough patch of losing three games in a row. And people look at them as if they were a team that, you know, honestly, that you know, people were questioning Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. 
And yet, at the end of that week, uh, it was I think it was week 11 or week 12, I believe. I said the, the Kansas City Chiefs are seven and four, and the Rams are seven and four. The Chiefs had their little three-game skid earlier, and then now they fix things. And I said the Rams had a three-game skid in which they're able, they should be able to fix things, and they've done that. And now I think people are realizing, okay, Matthew Stafford. When you looked at him at Detroit, maybe we said it was because of what Detroit didn't do for him, and now he's come to the Rams, and you're starting to see him, especially on Monday night that he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think he's going to continue to keep proving it because I think that he's really overachieved because his Rams offense, when he's when he's going, when he's clicking, it is really hard to stop. Now, one of the things that's so important for the Rams offense is the running game, and it hasn't been a great running season for the Rams. Yeah, it has not, and I think a lot of that is because you've had some injuries there with Daryl Henderson Remember, they go into the season and it was Cam Akers during, you know, before preseason training camp even starts. So they've been trying to find their, I think, their their way running the football. But for the most part, I believe that Sean McVay was putting way too much on the shoulders of Matthew Stafford. Not that he couldn't handle it, but I think that he should be finding ways to hand the ball off a little more. And I think the commitment to the run was not there for the Rams. And in a lot of it too, as well. In the you know a couple of games, they really got off to some bad starts, to where they were they they were the run game was taken away because they they had to throw the football being down early, especially in that rough patch of those three game losing streaks. And so now what I've seen in the past couple of weeks is that they've reestablished the run. They've been able to run successfully, and even last week against the Cardinals, they didn't rush for over a hundred yards, but they did rush the ball over twenty times. And for me, I've always said this, John, I really believe this. Sometimes it's never about the yards, it's about the touches. Sometimes it's just the commitment of running the football and forcing the defense to have to go out and in all 11 work in unison because it's forcing them to have to execute play in and play out. And it gives you the threat of the run and opens up the play action, which we've seen Matthew Stafford really excel at. How, how would you describe how it's been so far for Von Miller? I think the stats won't, won't show it. The stats won't show Vaughn as having a ton of production. I think people expected him to come in and, and just have sacks and sacks. And what I've seen so far since he's been here is that offenses understand that we're not going to stand back and get into some five, seven-step drops. That's just not what we're going to do because the Rams are good at rushing the passer with Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald. Now you throw in Von Miller and then a couple other guys who they have in that rotation. So the ball is getting out of the quarterback's hands extremely quickly. I mean, Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago was getting the ball out in like .3 seconds, and there's just no way that a pass rush is going to get there. So what I've seen is that Von Miller has had to adjust his rushes a little bit. He's also been great in the run game, though. He's been very stout in the run game, but you know the run the run stopping doesn't is not a big splash play. So people are saying that he's having a down year since he's come with the Rams, but I look at him as that he is going to have more opportunities as the season goes along, but also as the Rams continue to play complimentary football and get some teams in some obvious passing situations where he can go and rush the passer. How would you look at the offensive line right now? Because I know that Brian Allen has been fighting some knee problems, and now you got Haverstein that uh, is on the COVID list, and 
uh, you know, note boom has to kind of, you know, readjust and, you know, do all what he needs to do. How, how is the offensive line? Yeah, offensive line right now is a, a little bit different, right? You mentioned that Coleman Sheldon is the backup to Brian Allen, and he's done a, a hell of a job. you got to give him a ton of credit. Look, Brian Allen goes down in the first play against the Jaguars, and Coleman Sheldon comes in, and he's had to play the last two weeks. And he's done a great job of helping out this offense and offensive line. That's an important position, and he's got to be on the same page with Matthew Stafford, and they're doing that. They're doing that at a, at a, at a very high level. And then on the other side, you mentioned it, Joe Noteboom, who's their swing tackle, he's actually been added into some of the bigger packages that I talked about a little bit earlier, those jumbo sets. I mean, he's actually one of the better players on this team, and yet they just didn't have room because of the way that the offense was structured. McVay has restructured the offense and added more of these big jumbo personnel packages, and now he's getting all of his best players on the field. And so it's actually helped out the offensive line. He's actually been able to get some of the guys who have been on the sideline, uh, Bobby Evans as well, and inserted them into these different personnel groupings. And I think that's been huge because it's given a lot of guys a a ton of experience that when you do have an injury or someone goes, you just insert a guy who's already been playing or is already in the rotation. So the offensive line, actually, to their credit, because of the way that Sean McVay has sort of altered his offensive game plan in the last couple of weeks, I think they've actually been better for what they've been for what they've been given. What's the philosophy of the jumbo package? The philosophy is just being able to run the football. I mean, it's a different way of doing it. The Rams we know are primarily eleven personnel: one back, three uh, three wide receivers, and one tight end. They get into the jumbo personnel package, and it just it, it gives them more blockers up front. It gives them more of a physical, aggressive nature at that position. And so I think, I mean, at the uh, you know in the rushing attack, and I think that jumbo has really helped out because now you're forcing teams to have to come and play the run, and then also now you have a wide receiver or maybe two wide receivers in there in terms of uh, if you on different personnel. So now you're getting different looks. It makes the play action so much better. And with the route running skills of a Cooper Cup, of an Odell Beckham, and then being able to have stretch the field with Van Jefferson, you saw just how much more the play action is effective. When the Rams weren't running the football, teams would keep safeties deep, and it would be more of a too-high shell and there wasn't room for the big plays. But the threat of the run and the packages that they're in, forcing teams to have to insert a safety, have to insert a guy down there near the box, and now you're seeing Matthew Stafford turn his back to the defense and fake a handoff, and now his safeties, corners, they can't get a read on Stafford. They've got to play the receivers, and right now they're doing a tremendous job of running perfect routes and putting a lot of stress on the defense. Yeah, and of course, I mean, Cooper Cup is just having an incredible season, one of the greatest receiving seasons in the history of the league. Yeah, he's one of just, um, he, he's putting on a display this year of why he's one of the best. He is one of the smartest players I've, I've ever had a chance to watch because it's not just that he runs routes, it's not that he catches the football, is that he understands the weakness or what the defense is trying to do, how they are trying to attack. And every time he runs a route, he runs it with a purpose. Right? He runs it with a purpose, and he has an understanding of where the soft spot is, where the weakness in the defense is. And that kind of goes back to just his knowledge of the game, him being 
uh, a guy that, you know, one of the best receivers ever on the FCS level, uh, a former quarterback as well. He just sees the game so differently than any other wide receiver. And you can tell when he's out there on the field, the Rams' offense is just so much better. And that's why he's having one of the eight days. I don't even, you can't even call it a career year because it's honestly something that we just haven't seen in the NFL before, the way that he's been so productive throughout. Yeah, Sean McVay says his mind's like Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, it is. He's, uh, it, 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 it's, it's going. It's, it's actually, you know, you watch him just go out there and play, and it's been so fun to finally see him go out and get some of the recognition that I think that he's due. Kirk Morrison, it's always great catching up with you. Uh, and, of course, uh, you do the pre- and the post-game show on the Rams Radio Network. Thank for, thank you for educating us on Schooled with the Professor. Oh, sounds good, John. I, always a pleasure, man. Anytime. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor. We'll be right back.